Hey folks, welcome back to Search Marketing Academy. I am really excited to have Jeremy on today. Jeremy left a marketing career to be a founder, not for the first time, but uh, once again, this time as the founder of Decibel Ads. Uh, Jeremy works with audio advertisers to help them run the best audio ads they possibly can. We have a lot of people on the show who talk about search marketing and SEO and even um, you know, things like Pinterest ads, but it's the first time we're having somebody on who speaks about audio ads. Jeremy, I'm really excited to have you on. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I'm really excited to chat. Search marketers are my favorite, so uh, it, it's always good to, to talk more about that in that universe. So, Yeah, and I know a lot of our guests are constantly on the look for new channels, uh, try to diversify away from Google and Facebook. So um, I think I think today's episode is going to be packed with value. Let's let's dive right in. I, I would love to know why you chose to get back. This is not the first company you founded. Um, no. Why did you choose to become a founder again? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, like a little bit of background, right? I have founded a couple of companies before, uh, not like really hit the scale of like where we're at right now. One of them, um, you know, it's basically a dud. While I was in college, I got into being a founder um, and everybody thinks this is a joke. It's not a joke, right? I was just a young guy who was, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of uh, looking for what to do in my life, right? Like at the time I was in ROTC and I was going to go to the military and go to law school because that seemed respectable, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so uh, the movie, The Social Network came out and I go, oh, I'll just be a tech founder. That seems awesome. They have like billions of dollars and groupies and things like that. And my girlfriend at the time didn't think that was a very good plan. Uh, she's my wife now, so I guess she ended up sticking around. But uh, yeah, no, that was uh, that was basically how things got started. When we basically did, you know, kind of at the time we did like a Kickstarter thing and that failed, right? Um, but what did come out of it, and what like ended up, uh, you know, kind of moving my career in the right direction was the only thing that worked about it uh, because I was like the business guy or the idea guy, and everybody, I, somebody at some point told me that was a bad thing. You shouldn't do that. Uh, so I was like, okay, uh, I'll figure out the marketing. And I got into Facebook ads in 2011, right? Uh, which was very, very early on. It was like at the point where the first ads that I ran was actually like, you would set up like a personal profile for your business and then just like boost the post, right? But they were so cheap at the time that it was like literally pennies, like a click or like a penny a click that like we were able to get like a lot of users and that ended up working out well, right? And then kind of through the networking of that and like going to like, you know, angel pitch events and things like that. I met like a ton of other founders and, you know, I started hanging around kind of the tech stars ecosystem because I was living in Denver uh, and they were up in Boulder. And so I'd go to their weekend events, and, like just network and stuff. And so coming out of that saying like, you know, hey, I uh, uh, don't um, know what I'm going to do next. People are like, well, could you run my Facebook ads for me? Right. Um, and very quickly, I ended up working with a tech company uh, and helped them uh, go to number one grossing in the iTunes and Play Store for uh, their category, right? Which was like huge. And then that has a way of accelerating that career. So, you know, um, I, I did marketing. I've done marketing for a very long time, um, mostly pretty much purely on like the paid ad side, right? Uh, I'm not an SEO. I know just enough to probably say some things that would make people cringe. Um, you know, I'm not actually particularly creative in the way of like, I'm not a good copywriter or anything like that. So like, I really, I like niche down into like media. Um, and, you know, I was doing the Facebook ads, Google search ads for like a very long time, you know, Snap, Pinterest, that sort of thing, but really in kind of like the social and like SEM kind of world, right? Um, but long about like 2017, 2018, uh, I started to notice like all the machine learning optimization and uh, things like that that Facebook and everybody was doing. And I was like, oh, you know, 
there's going to be like a consolidation in this industry, right? Like there's like, it's, they're not going to need as many freelancers, agencies, what have you, at least on the Facebook side, you know, of course, like the people that are the best will always have careers in like anything. Um, But I was like, ah, competition is going to get, you know, increased and Facebook's going to take away more and more of these tools and being like a pure media buyer is going to get harder. So what I decided to do, I was like, well, I can learn to like be creative, like a copywriter, like learn to draw, which I cannot draw to save my life um, or do any design work to save my life. So, you know, what I decided to do instead was get out into the wider programmatic ecosystem, right? Like started doing like CTV buys and um, you know, uh, like audio, like audio ad buys and digital out of home and all sorts of stuff. Right. Got on like, you know, aggregated enough clients that I got a seat on like a big DSP and like, you know, kind of started doing that, you know, display ads, all of it. Um, and re- fell into this niche where I was like basically consulting for agencies where they would like come to me and be like, Hey, I've got this, like, you know, we mostly do Facebook ads, Google ads, but I've got this campaign over here. The client wants to run, I don't know, hundred K worth of like Hulu ads or something like that. Right. Um, and so they would like lay that work off onto me uh, and my like small team. And we would do that. And, you know, kind of after a while, why I made the jump back into being a founder, um, there was like, you know, personal reasons of like, I wanted to like work on a product company and things like that. That was just like a good shift for me. I enjoy that kind of focus more um, just personally. Um, but that said also, like, you know, I kind of just like noticed after like working with all these companies um, and doing all these campaigns of like audio ads, like they work really well. Uh, but like most of the tooling just doesn't exist, right? Like it's like very immature compared to like other parts of like the wider programmatic ecosystem, um, like especially on like the digital audio side, right? Um, and, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity here if somebody was to like step in and, you know, build all the things that it needs to. It's clearly on the same like trajectory as like connected television, like there's a lot of parallels. And so that's like what ultimately convinced me to make the jump. So uh, founded the, you know, started working on it at the same time as I was consulting. and then. You know, once we uh, got like a pre-seed round done, ended up uh, jumping in full time and uh, have been going ever since. Whenever I talk to founders, particularly in the ad tech space, yeah, it's always founders who used to be operators, who used to be practitioners yeah. that put themselves in the best position. So you've done growth, right? Like, So you talked about oh, working yeah. with agencies, you've, you've been a marketing director for a SaaS company. So you're familiar with the growth side. How is that helping you run an ad tech company? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of weird, right? So uh, I'll say this about ad tech in general. Um, it's remarkably insulated. Uh, like agencies, brands, ad tech, they don't talk to each other. And it's weird because they like interact, like clearly need each other, like for like a business perspective, like they, they use each other every single day, but they don't really talk to each other. Um, and so I think that like the biggest thing has just been like understanding understanding what growth marketers do, understanding what advertisers are looking for, understanding, you know, how like performance marketers think, you know, understanding how like, like return on ad spend and like the measurement tools that people are looking for and the kinds of experiences that they're looking for, you know, having lived for a decade in, you know, the Google search UI, like Google ads UI and, you know, um, Facebook ads UI, like what sorts of like, you know, patterns from like a, a like a product standpoint, you know, people are, are really looking for. And so I'll say this, like the things that like, um, like ad tech in general is like very focused on, like as an industry, uh, I think it's like a huge, you know, I think it's like a huge disconnect from like the day to day of like an agency media buyer's life. And so I think that like really having been an operator in the space for so long and having so many friends and such a network and things like that. Um, that's really what has like helped me kind of come in and like, you know, 
build a product that like, uh, you know, is resonating, right, with, with folks, um, just because like understanding that mindset um, where ad tech is, you know, they're focused on like yet another identity solution or some like, you know, supply path optimization wonkery or something like that, right? And when I talk to ad tech people, and I'm like, you know, advertising agencies, they just don't like, especially like the more boutique, like mid-sized ones, they just don't care. They want to know how much money their client made and how much ads, you know, what's the return on ad spend, right? What was the outcome? Like, you know, how do I target this correctly? Like, you know, how do I measure it? Like that sort of thing, like very like basic questions while they're like so deep in the weeds that like, you know, it's just, it's just a wide gap. So I'd say like, you know, that's, that's the biggest advantage, right? Is honestly like empathy, I guess, if you want to, if you want to like distill it down to a single word. So I've been following you on Twitter for a bit, and whenever you share anything to do with all, <laughs> I'm sorry that you've been following me on Twitter. My Twitter is extremely unhinged. <laughs> I I live for unhinged. I'm definitely in that space. But but like you know, you're constantly talking about what you're seeing in terms of performance and yeah. how people respond to ads. I'm fascinated because as a kid who grew up with radio, and mm-hmm. I remember so many of the radio ads that I grew up with. Yeah, uh, but I. I will pay any amount of money. I pay YouTube and I pay Spotify good money every month to not hear mm-hmm. ads. So I'm yeah. really fascinated to hear a little bit more about um, audio ads and how it stands yeah. up to search in terms of ROI because that's something I can't get my mind around. Totally, totally, absolutely. So right. So number one, I'm gonna I'm gonna correct you on one thing you just said. Right. Uh, you do get ads on Spotify. You absolutely get podcast ads. You are only paying for premium music you cannot get away from podcast ads, like programmatic or host read otherwise, right? Um, I will also like narrow the scope of this conversation in that like we do not do host read. Host read is great. You should do host read. It's useful. It's not what we're focused on, right? Um, And the reason that we're not focused on it is precisely for, you know, kind of the same reason that like search marketers focus on like different sorts of businesses. Like at the end of the day, like Joe Rogan reading, you know, doing a read for my like local plumbing business or my like law firm or something like that, like is not going to like get me a good ROI because it's like so locally focused, so focused on like a specific niche of people. And like, that's what's made it very competitive for SEM, right? Like, and that's why it like works so well there. But I think that what we've seen over time and, you know, kind of putting on my agency cap for a second is those that cost per click and the competition has been rising you know people are changing the way that they like you know actually utilize search um you know how they search for things and stuff like that that's changing over time um as well and so like you know the supply is either like the supply in the sense of like the number of people searching for things is you know either more limited right um or like stagnant i guess in some cases of course it's growing in other cases like i'm not gonna you know say that that's not true or that like google's some doomed product or something like that because it certainly isn't but um you know, I'll, I'll say this, it's like, you know, when you start to think about those things and you start to think about like, okay, like supply is, let's say consistent or, you know, growing slowly or even decreasing, right? Like in the number of searches and you have a bunch of search marketers and more people are coming in and they're spending more money and, you know, their conversion rates are getting better and they can track the return on ad spend better and things like that. So they can spend more on a cost per click basis. You know, that's only going to go up over time. Right. And I think that everybody has seen that like competition has gone up and that makes the job harder. Um, where audio comes in and i guess you could say um like really like any kind of non-click channel right um but i'm gonna focus on audio because i'm biased uh is where that really comes in um is when you start to think about like the roi perspective right of like various like especially high dollar keyword searches 
Um, and then you start to look at, you know, some of the discipline that we brought with like audience targeting and things like that of people that are like in market for various sorts of services and stuff. And you start to say, okay, you know, maybe it's harder to measure, right? It is harder to measure uh, or was we're working on fixing that. Uh, but you start to say, okay, you know, my cost per click is $50 on this keyword or something like that, right? And I know that it converts at 10%. And then I know that, you know, 20% of the people that actually fill out the form end up being like a good customer, right? Um, and so, you know, when you follow that math, it's like, okay, $500 for a form fill. And then, you know, if I need five of them, it's 2,500 bucks for like acquiring an actual end customer for like, you know, my law firm or something like that, right? I pick on law firms because I did personal injury like SEM for a long time. And I know that those keywords can be absolutely like those cost per clicks can be absolutely brutal. Right. So you start to think about that and you say, okay, 2,500 bucks. Right. And I really only care about people in this specific city. And there's, you know, 50 other law firms that are bidding on it and all of that stuff. What if you took a step back and you said, okay, if I have an in market for legal services audience, right. Or perhaps like, you know, I have like some adjacent in market, like audience, like in market for, you know, like using like the personal injury um, kind of example, right. In market for like chiropractors in market for, you know, um, that like that sort of thing. Um, you could start to say, okay, 2,500 bucks, how many like listens with an audio ad does that get me, right? And when I look at like, you know, Decibel today, at least on the digital side where you can get that granular with like uh, the kinds of targeting, you can even get down to like the zip code, right? And so you're layering in market audiences and demographics and, you know, kind of down to the zip code level of uh, geographic targeting, right? Across all these different channels. You're looking at like a $12 CPM blended across like all these channels on average, right? Um, you start to say like, okay, you know, like a $12 CPM, that's however many like, you know, tens of thousands of listens or hundreds of thousands of listens, you know, based on like whatever my cost per click is and conversion rate and things like that. And it's like, do I think, you know, that let's say uh, like out of 500,000 listens to my ad, like I could get one customer, right? Like for like, this same client that I'm paying the same amount on like the cost per click side, right? Um, on like the cost per click SEM side. And like, I think that that's really the math that like, I'm bringing that like, yes, it's a little bit harder to measure. Yes, like the intent is a little bit different, right? It's like more akin to like Facebook ads, that sort of thing, right? But if you're granular enough and you set up your systems, right? And you run your AB test correctly and things like that, like it absolutely can perform on like the level of, you know, kind of some of these other like ad platforms, right? It, it requires a little bit more work and we're working on like, you know, building and automating all of these different tools and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, you know, like rather than a sniper shot, it's like a, a you know, a, 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 like a giant bombing campaign. But that said, like they cost the same and you end up getting the same kind of outcomes. So why not use both? Because I'm not saying don't use search. I'm saying, you know, you should use like leverage multiple channels, right? Um, anecdotally one thing i'll say too that we've heard from some of the agencies that have like stuck around and like you know like really kind of invested in the platform that are traditionally like search agencies or seo agencies what they're seeing is higher click-through rates on the ads because there's like brand awareness kind of on top of that right um more branded search on the seo side and then kind of like the knock-on effect of that is that they're seeing kind of some of their non-branded keywords like rise as well and things like that and so it's been really interesting layering audio ads in this very uh specific way um you know with their other marketing channels has like really produced some like great results i guess a last point too um that i'll kind of say about the whole thing is you know it's um 
audio in particular works for a lot of the same kinds of advertisers that um, that uh, like work for SEM, right? Uh, to make an audio ad is like dramatically cheaper than making like a video ad for a company, right? You can literally just type in a script. It's 200 bucks for a human voice actor on our platform, or you can use an AI voice and it's free, right? Um, so you're literally just talking about writing the script, produces it in the platform and then goes, right? And audio, because most of the spots aren't skippable, um, like over 90% of them aren't skippable. You actually have like a full 30 seconds to kind of tell your story versus like what, one second, two seconds with like an Instagram story ad, that sort of thing. So it lends itself to more complex offerings that you can actually like say out loud versus like, you know, I can't tell if somebody's a good lawyer by looking at them, right? I can't tell if somebody's a good dentist by looking at them, that sort of thing. So that's that's why audio tends to like over-index with a lot of the same advertisers that, you know, like traditionally have gotten their leads from like SEM and SEO. One of my biggest... I don't know if I'd call it a complaint or a criticism, but one of the things that I don't really like about yeah. modern digital marketing is mm. how over-reliant we've become on attribution and measuring yeah. a click and that action. Um, I think I think that it's really important that you step back and look at the big picture and you measure a lot of these other things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and the thing is, is that like, look, we do have a pixel, right? Like somebody listens to the ad, goes to the site, like fills out the form, like we track that, right? Like that 100% is. I'll say that like the general trends of the industry with like privacy and things like that is like those pixels are going to get less, in, not just our pixel, everybody's pixel is going to get less reliable over yeah. time. It's yeah. going to get harder and harder. And that's why we've been working really hard on something. Um, we're going to announce it here probably in about two weeks, but we actually are uh, going to be doing automated lift studies, right? And so what we're going to be able to do is say like, you know, take and integrate your Google Analytics, like, you know, one click, like integrated in, we'll pull in your historical data, we'll project forward what like the expected traffic, sales, like all of that revenue, all of those things are, and then plug in when your audio ad campaign started, when it ended, and what was the lift over the baseline. And so, you know, with like a very high confidence interval, we're going to be able to say, your audio ads, you know, actually drove this much like return on ad spend, right? Uh, and so what we're doing is we're taking by taking it in that aggregated fashion, right? We're we're going to be able to like you know actually look at and say this is the ROI of your audio ad uh, without needing like a pixel, right? Without by just relying on like the analytics that you already have. And by the way, that works for AM, FM radio too, which is still really relevant in the conversation, especially for like brands that are you know kind of more mainstream. You know, I think that people think radio is dead. It's not dead. It is like the shift is happening. Like it's going to, you know, in the next like 20, 30 years, like it'll all be digital. Right. But like right now, radio still has incredible reach. Right. And because the CPMs are like pretty low, unlike a lot of broadcast radio, you can actually get like a pretty great outcome. And so, you know, building this kind of tool to like do all of that aggregated lift studies automatically without any, you know, without like needing like a, a marketer to sit down and like actually you know, be able to run like their own multiple regression analysis and like aggregate all the data sources and things like that. Um, that that's something that we'll do for free, um, you know, versus like measurement firms that charge like 50 grand per study, that sort of thing. And so just building that right into the platform to help, you know, folks understand because it, it really does come back to performance over and over, right? And I think that that's what ad tech misses in general and what the discipline that we're trying to bring to this channel that is really powerful and we see perform. It's evolved a lot over time, you know, it's, uh, uh, it was very simple when we started, but like, that's true of all startups and we've added the complexity and we've added the, you know, reliability in these tools over time. And we're just going to keep adding them in, you know, that's the plan. One of the things that we advocate for at Optimizer is pay more attention to your creative, pay more attention to your offer. Um, talk to me a little bit, because I know you've been doing this thing on Twitter for a little bit now. 
where you will write an audio ad for somebody. And one thing you said in that, that stood out to me is that audio ads are pretty formula driven in terms Mm -hmm. of what works. So what advice do you have for people who are getting started with this in terms of putting together an ad or writing a script? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that people like really overthink it, to be honest, when it comes to script writing, right? Like the biggest thing that we see that keeps somebody from activating, right? When we reach out and say, hey, you know, we see you started a campaign, like, you know, is there any way we can help? And they're like, how do I write a good script, right? Like, that's what it comes back to over and over. I don't know how to write a good script, right? And it is like very formulaic, right? Like, so like, let me be clear, like the best performing ads are like truly novel and, you know, people produce them and things like that, right? But like, it's not that hard to write a seven out of 10 or an eight out of 10 performance ad, right? Like you can do it pretty quickly if you like understand the formula, right? And so, you know, it kind of follows like the same sort of thing. And it feels like a little like infomercially, but like, you know, kind of coming from like talking to like an SEM focused audience right now, right? Like there's a reason that Google has all of the constraints that they have, right? Why they push like in a specific direction for like copy and like, you know, how the ads are structured and things like that, right? Is because like the structure works. And so, you know, if you're going to take a step back and you're going to say with audio ad, like what is the formula, right? It's pretty simple. It's pretty like, you know, kind of like copy, copywriter driven kind of like truisms, right? That like work for like all sorts of ads, right? Line up the problem, double down on like the problem, make the, you know, make the listener feel the pain, right? Then say, here's the solution then hit them with either like authority or, you know, social proof, that sort of thing. Uh, Another like authority or social proof point, right? And then offer, right? Then call to action, offer, call to action. And like, that's pretty much it. And you can do that within, you know, 30 seconds, like pretty well, like, right? Like that's a lot of time to be able to like do that. And so for a 30 second ad, you have like roughly like 75 words that like you can use, like you can maybe like get up to like 90 if you're like willing to, you know, like, move pretty quick and that sort of thing or like they're shorter kind of words that sort of stuff but yeah that's like really the formula that it comes down to is repeat the call to action a few times you know repeat repeat the offer a few times and start off by saying the problem and then say the solution and you know kind of say like here's why we're like not full of it you know <laughs> like essentially uh and so it uh it, it it works pretty well and you can like you know you can get great results with those kinds of ads absolutely so yeah formulas exist for a reason doesn't yeah. mean that you have to be that you can't be creative, but uh, mm-hmm. like you said, if you want to get started, if you want to hit a baseline of acceptable performance, that's mm-hmm. that's a great place to start. And if you're already running ads on Facebook, if you're already running ads on Google, you have data on what people respond to. You should have social proof on your landing pages. Mm-hmm. So it's just a question of pulling that information, pulling all of that and repurposing it for audio, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly it. And so, you know, with our larger managed services customers, right, what how we do it uh, when we help them make their ad is we say, send us your best performing Facebook ad, send us your best performing landing page. And that's exactly the information that we're using, you know, in order to be able to like craft those ads for them, right? Because it is you're talking to the same people. It's a different medium, of course, and it has to be repurposed in a different way. But like all the same information is there. It's just about repurposing it to fit the channel. So, you know, the the calls to action don't like change typically, right? Like some products, maybe you focus on different things, right? But um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely not as uh, scary as I think a lot of people think it is. So, yeah, I mean, you clearly know what you're talking about. And then you're making so. <laughs> <laughs> no you certainly do and you're you're making more of an effort to make decibel a platform that that people can justify as part of their marketing spend mm-hmm. if somebody's if somebody's listening to this and you know they've gone they've got to this point and they're thinking mm-hmm. to themselves well maybe i should start with audio but they're still on the fence a little bit 
yeah. Uh, well, any parting words to, to swing them over to your side? Yeah, absolutely. Um, number one, uh, it's worth a test, right? It's always worth a test. Um, it might not work for every brand, you know, or it might not work uh, kind of initially for every single brand, right? But if you think about like constraining it down, so Decibel has no minimums. It's completely self-serve, all of that stuff, right? Like all the stuff you would expect from Google Ads. So it's not like some, you know, first off, don't be intimidated. Like it's some like trade desk or something like that. We're going to have to sign some like SLA with huge, like, you know, uh, like huge, like minimum spends or something like that. It's not that, right? This is the platform for everyone. And so, you know, if you go to decibelads.com, you can sign up, you can poke around the platform, right? Like, um, you know, no, no commitments there. But I'll, I'll say this. If you're thinking about audio ads, usually it's like, comes down to like, what size of tests do I need to do? Or how much do I have to invest, right? And, you know, you should invest some money, but like, it, it doesn't have to be a lot, right? Like if you narrow down to like a handful of your like, very high performing, like a high performing city or something like that, right? Or like a high performing like group of zip codes or something that you see from like your orders or lead forms, that sort of stuff, right? Um, and you're willing to, you know, do like, you know, 1000 2000 $3,000, like you could get some good learnings from that and like potentially even see some like great outcomes there. And so, you know, it doesn't have to be this huge, super intimidating thing, right? Um, for that. And then I guess the last thing I'll say is this, audio in general has the widest reach of every single ad, like ad platform period, like, like more than display, more than anything, people listen to audio ads. Uh, it has the widest reach of like any media. And so, you know, if you're at the point where you're topping out like your current like search volume or, you know, you're looking for that next thing, you're looking to expand, you're looking to hit gross targets, that sort of stuff. You really need to be considering audio because there are people that will hear an audio ad that won't interact with the way that you're advertising right now. So you're leaving customers on the table for the people that are going to adopt earlier. Right. Um, and try those out. And so, you know, kind of audio is a great place. This is the right time where it's matured enough. Like you can be, you know, kind of not first to market, but first in your market. Right. Um, and that's like a huge, huge advantage when it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to, uh, yeah, actually like growing your business or growing your client's business or what have you and sets you apart. You know, if you're an agency, sets you apart as an agency, right? Offering something that, you know, other folks don't. You almost make me want to cancel my Spotify premium. Almost, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> No, it's fine. I'll get you with the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's that's a very valid point. I didn't even consider that. But yeah, I don't think you can escape ads. It's 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 ad 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 maximalism. Everything. I'm gonna I'm gonna have Bluetooth speakers in your house blaring audio ads twenty four seven if I have my way. I'll have a drone, it'll follow you around. You'll have to say the brand name to get the drone to go away. <laughs> but but really good ads, they don't feel like ads. Because now that I think about it. How many YouTube videos have I watched with sponsored segments? And mm -hmm. as long as it's relevant to me, I'm like, oh, that mm -hmm. looks pretty cool. I should, I should check that out. And I've, I've used those coupons and those codes before to buy yeah. stuff. It, it works. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, on the host red side, it's great. And that's very relevant for brands that sell nationwide or you know, internationally, what have you, right? Um, what I would say is that like if you're using host red right now, you should consider adding in programmatic because of how tactical you can get locally. Right. Um, and I think that that's like really, really valuable and especially, again, like super relevant for a lot of like, you know, the kind of SEM marketers, which like do focus, tend to focus a lot locally. Right. Um, and, yeah. and I think that that's the discipline that we're trying to bring to to the space. I'll just hammer one more point again, which is like I've been there. Right. I've sat in the seat of the agency. I've been pitched everything up and down, left and right, all of that. Like audio is growing and it's growing fast. And like, I just think that, you know, if you're considering new channels, if you're looking for a new place to differentiate yourself as an agency, as well as help your clients grow, 
like it doesn't even have to be with us right but like you should consider looking into audio because it is going to become a more relevant channel and the earlier you adopt it the faster you can you know kind of build that expertise um and be able to offer that to clients and you know kind of grow your billables grow their business win 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 all the way around if you want to check out the product again it's totally self-serve no minimum spends anything like that you can sign up poke around the platform you know make a campaign whatever um you know that's decibelads.com just click get started in the top right hand corner